the solution is never in the money story. It's like the money pain is the invitation. It's, it's the way life gets your attention, like a spiritual teacher. Look here, there's work to be done. You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, and welcome to Fuel Radio. On the line with me today is Morgana Ray. Morgana and I met at the New Media Summit in San Diego. And actually on the first night, we I don't know if she, you remember or not, but we, we talked on the steps before everything got started <laughs> at the first uh, cocktail uh, meetup there. So anyways, thank you for joining me tonight. My pleasure. So just quickly, you know, people who listen to Fuel Radio know I'm not big into introductions. So maybe you could just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us what you do. Well, I've been a professional coach for 22 years now, and something really weird happened at the beginning of 2003 that thrust me into a niche, a specialty that I never planned or intended for myself, but somehow I ended up gaining this huge traction as a so-called money coach. And my clients have made millions of dollars. And I've worked with all these people, you know, at all levels from the brink of despair to people with a lot of money and even more stress and good at making money and getting rid of it. The weird thing, though, is that my work isn't really about money at all. <laughs> and money cash is far, far from like my main area of interest as a human being. But it's such a fascinating area of pain because it impacts every area of our life, even our, our spirituality, definitely our health, our relationships, everything. So as a life coach, that's really, really juicy. Um, it's, in my experience, the number one excuse that human beings give for what they can't have, do, or be. And it's like a pain door that opens up the real stuff that life is about the real challenges and vulnerabilities for us as human beings, which is always, always comes down to our issues around our own lovability, our own worth, and even our very right to exist. So Siri calls me the world's leading relationship with money coach. And I have to kind of wink at that. Sure, I'll play with it. I think money <laughs> results are important. But only insofar as having a great relationship with money enhances love, lifestyle, and legacy. Excellent. I'm sure we're, we are. We're going to get into that some more. So, yeah, thank you for that, that introduction. I know from our conversations in San Diego and uh, just briefly before we talk today that you're leading a Wi-Fi lifestyle that what – actually, you guys – you guys are almost the epitome of the digital nomads and the, the Wi-Fi lifestyle. Hey, before I get into these other questions, tell us about, I know you guys are, you say that you're getting married in a hundred different countries. What, that's a little bit off topic, but why don't you share, share okay. how you're doing that? It, I don't think it is at all. So okay. all these years I was traveling the world, speaking in Norway and Australia and Mexico and all these cool countries. And there's nothing more horrible than being in a beautiful place alone. No, that's totally not true. There are many things more horrible, but it was really painful and lonely. And I just kept saying, I want to travel the world with the love of my life. And I hadn't met him yet. And 
So, and this is going to ease into the Wi-Fi lifestyle before you asked, but um, in 2012, actually in 2011, this guy that I was crazy about told me he didn't love me. And that is a deal breaker for me. So I like broke up with him, cut all contact and obsessed about him 24 seven for many months, had a speaking gig in Hawaii. My roommate there, another speaker had just fallen in love. So she's so happy. And she's talking about the guy's name was Murray, Murray, this Murray, that doing selfies, doing Skype calls. And I wanted to kill myself and kill her. It was so awful being just heartbroken. And I made a decision that I wanted my own Murray, meaning like my own traveling, internet savvy sweetheart. And by the way, this is one of my tips. When you find yourself envying somebody, instead of hating them, just thank them for showing you what's possible. So the beginning of 2012, I made a decision if I was going to have this guy in my life and this lifestyle to travel the world and and kiss in foreign places, I needed to change my business. So I had to drastically cut down how many private one-on-one clients I had. And I needed to switch all of my cumbersome physical products to digital. And real, and I called that my make out with a cute guy business plan. <laughs> and I quadrupled my income. Like my money went crazy. I had not just insane sales once I digitalized things. And I met my husband that August. And in 2013, I just finished leading my Money Goddess Retreat in Bali, and he was in South Africa on a photo safari, shooting animals with cameras, not guns, and he proposed to me over Skype. And I had felt in my gut for a long time that, yeah, we were getting married, and I was in no rush. I just felt so secure in the relationship. I thought it would take him a couple more years to get there. So, of course, I freaked out and then flew home the next day, picked him up at the airport the day after, and we eloped. And I thought, that's that. I was 47 at the time, and I just didn't want the hassle of hotels and banquets and guest lists and caterers and DJs. I just, I'm a grown-up now. It's all on me. Mommy and Daddy weren't going to do it. So I just was like, let's just, you know, sign the deal while he's still into it before it's too late. And I thought that was that. But then two weeks later, he had an assignment in Puerto Vallarta uh, uh, to write about luxury vacations in Puerto Vallarta, like a really awful gig, right? And he talked to them and, you know, said he had just gotten married and could I come too? So we called it our honeymoon. And while we were passing by their iconic cathedral, I think it's Our Lady of Guadalupe, Devin said to me, hey, you want to get married again? And he describes this as a total goof. And that was easy. Of course. Sure. So we walked into this Mexican cathedral and took off our rings and made up new vows on the spot. And the new vows hit me in such a deeper place, maybe because I had been married for 13 days and knew 13 days more about what it is to be married. But I started to cry. It just felt more real this time. And people in the pews started to cheer. And it was amazing. Like, oh my God, I got my church wedding with an audience and everything. (laughs) And he saw how meaningful that was to me. And 
both of us as travelers were kind of like, oh my God, let's do this everywhere. Let's get married in yurts and temples and mosques and standing stones and mud huts and just experience love everywhere. And the next day he proposed, let's get married a hundred times in a hundred countries. And that was a no brainer for me. Sign me up. Right. On. I, so how many, how many countries are you up to now? Up to 15, and the wedding count is 20 or 21. He and I have to, like, work that out. But <laughs> you're, off on, we, you're, you're off on your numbers, hey? It's hard to keep track. <laughs> uh, and I thought we'd just be sneaking into churches, but because he's a travel writer and has all these relationships, he wrote to all these odd countries, some of which I'd never heard of, and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Can you recommend a hobo? or a shady Glen, and some responded saying, we can do better than that. And I found myself having weddings in castles with costumes and pageantry. My, the, the, like, the Disney fairy tale princess wedding that I didn't know that I really wanted. I ended up getting that many times over in many yeah. different cultures. Awesome, that's a great story. Um, and you, you touched on some things there. I just want to go back. Uh, you, you decided to go digital as far as your business was concerned, and it sounds like things really exploded. And uh, you, you explained what you were going through at that time. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit more about that. It sounds like you've, you had this sense that you needed to uh, not just have one-on-one -on -one clients, but that you could, you could maybe uh, leverage your business a bit more by uh, – by going digital, doing digital courses and, and getting online. Just tell us a little bit more what happened at that time starts, especially starting out. Yeah. Well, I've been coaching since 96, like when dinosaurs roamed the earth. So I've done group stuff before. I've done a lot of stuff and I had, you know, a bunch of stuff on CDs. I don't know if anybody wa watching or listening remembers CD players. <laughs> like my, my computer doesn't even have a disk drive anymore. Um, and going to, and oh, and my publisher was Office Max for many, many years uh, before I switched to like real publishing, which by the way is awesome. I made uh, over $20,000 in March from just one radio interview. So like anything you can do to keep yourself from having to go to the post office yourself, do it. <laughs> right uh, yeah, it was kind of scary. And I also have a bunch of videos that I still need to digital. I need to create a membership site for, I've got one membership site that I've had for years that I love that gets great results, but I have another one that, I was warned by the videographer, don't, don't put it online. People will steal it. And you know what? I'll do everything I can to protect it. But at some point, people just aren't using machines to watch physical DVDs anymore. It's just, you know, that, that ship has passed. Maybe thumb, what are they called? Thumb drives? Oh, you kids with all of your <laughs> stuff. USBs. Um, right, right. So, um. Yeah, you know, freedom. And Devin and I can live everywhere. I get business done. I lead coaching calls in Bali. I, you just learn how to calculate on a round planet, which is really weird. Also, working online, and all of my clients since 2002 have come to me from online, or just about all. 
is wonderful. It makes the world so small. You discover you have clients in Kazakhstan and South Africa and New Zealand and Israel and all over Europe and Thailand and places, you know, that just find you. So yeah, round planet, very complicated stuff that our parents didn't really have to deal with. But it also is like you have family everywhere on the planet. Hmm. Cool. It sounds like adding Devin to your team, so to speak, <laughs> really, really helped. Are you a very technical person? It, is that partnership with him uh, really, really helpful and really important? It sounds like it is. Well, for some things, yes. Like, even though I'm horrible at digital stuff, I've been doing a lot of my digital stuff from the beginning. First, mm. before I was making a lot of money because I was cheap. And <laughs> then when I was making six figures, then I could hire more and then really go out for very expensive website design and stuff like that. Um, I have one di new digital program that I started in August of last year that I really love because people are members from all over the planet and it's not time sensitive. People log in, they, they post, and then next time they check, a bunch of other people have commented with support and encouragement and love. So it's like you post, you go to bed and you wake up to a ton of love. And I love the freedom from time constraints of that model. Would you, I don't normally ask this question, but it's just springing to mind. Like, would you share a little bit about your business model? Are you, do you have courses that you charge for that have an expiry date on them? It, it sounds like you're doing events. So that obviously is a uh, one part of your business, but it might be helpful for our listeners to hear what your, what your business model is, if you don't mind sharing that. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, where the money comes from shifts every year, just as the business shifts every year. So hmm. I may make, you know, three or $400,000 from a $99 product one year. And a few years later, it's just not happening because things have changed. So I have a lot of different things and I just shift depending on who the client is and what wants to happen that year. So first I have private coaching, which I do almost nothing to promote. And I'm surprised <laughs> when people track me down for that anyway. Uh, and then I have, my retreat that I do just because I love it so much and it creates, it's such intense transformation and such a bonding sisterhood. So that's fun. Some years that might, I might do a couple and that will add, you know, maybe another $160,000 to my bottom line. Then I have a lot of low end stuff, self-study stuff, because as I've been doing this longer and longer, working with me personally and privately gets more and more expensive so that I have time to travel the world. And, and I made a decision years ago, back in 2007, I had so many hundreds of clients that I had to keep notes to remember who people were. And I burnt out by the end of that year and I decided I would never ever do that again. So instead, my value system is to work with fewer people and give them more, give them everything, charge enough so that I never feel like I have to hold something back. So in terms of group programs, I have membership sites that one of them is very content-based. I have another one that is very accountability and support and engagement-based. I have a lot of MP3 downloads, some eBooks, and then I have my self 
coaching workbook, which is an international number one bestseller in four countries, including all categories in the US, that's sells on Amazon so that I don't have to print it. That's financial alchemy. And that's uh, one of my clients, Pam, actually hired me after doing the workbook for two years, and she had her first quarter of a million dollar month in sales from the workbook. And the reason I love it when people have breakthroughs from my cheap stuff or my free stuff is they make the best private clients. I'm not trying to like extract something from people who don't have it. I'm trying to give them what they need so they can make the choices that are right for them. That's great. You know, one of the best coaching experiences I ever had was, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have the money to afford to work with that person, but they just with one phone call, and I, I would imagine you do this too, you know, they, they coached me a little bit and I was able to make some money from that and then uh, uh, afford their services. So the other thing I wanted to point out too is in my coaching training, they said one of the, th- one of the signs that you're called to be a coach is that people are always asking you for, for coaching. So <laughs> that's a good sign. You, you must be called to this because people are asking you for, for help. That's, that's well, awesome. <laughs> I call it OCD on my part because I'm very sensitive to people's pain. So I have sort of like an obsessive coaching disorder, which, <laughs> you know, means that I have to like, set up systems <laughs> just, <laughs> just to protect myself from, so that I can have a life. But it's, I, I spoke with, and I forgot about this, but I spoke with a guy back in 2009 who was in really terrible financial trauma at the time. And I, it's funny because he applied for private coaching and we had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago and I was looking up his name. And back in 2009, we had a conversation. And what he had told me is that from our 15-minute conversation, he had such a big paradigm shift and breakthrough that now he's doing really, really well with this multi-six-figure SEO business in Arizona. So now he wants private coaching to go to whatever his next level is. Fantastic. And that really leads us to our next question. You've kind of touched on this a little bit too, is I believe that one of the keys to a Wi-Fi business lifestyle is leverage. And so you mentioned that you're, you're working with fewer people and giving them more. Are there some other things where you are applying leverage to, to what you're doing to your business? Yeah, I started because I've, and I've been struggling with this question since 2011, which is how can I really effectively help the most people in a meaningful way without killing myself. And I've, I've looked at a lot of different things and tried different things. And I finally circled around to this platform that is designed to be 100% engagement based. It's all about people logging in, sharing their progress and getting feedback from a tiny tight knit group that develops a relationship. And I've actually added a lot of content to it because I thought originally it was for people who may have bought my products and then wanted coaching support, but then I was getting people who didn't know what I do at all. So I just started adding more and more content and having people pair up so that they can witness each other going through the process. And there's really deep transformation going on. And I have sub coaches. So it's like an insanely accessible price point, but it's not like solely dependent on my time. I schedule a couple of what I call money love labs for laser coaching because I can quickly hear things that other people don't. And they get a lot of attention because all these studies have shown that when a human being knows they're being watched, they perform better. And it's, and it's not a mean sort of accountability. Blame and shame is not allowed in the culture. 
So having sub coaches, bonding with my people, but I also check into and having these teams of people supporting each other is, in my experience, allowing bigger breakthroughs and more freedom for me. I'm really intrigued by this model. And I, I think that this is the direction that at least the leveraged form of coaching needs to be going in the future. It really came out of, I would meet one person who, like in Bali two years ago, a woman from Estonia came up to me and said, are you Morgana? I bought your book four years ago and it changed my life. Oh my God, how amazing is that? But then I would meet somebody else back in San Diego or something and they'd say, oh, I bought your book and I haven't used it. So I wanted something to answer that question of why people don't use things and how can we help them use things in a really loving, fun, addictive way that works with, you know, our dopamine and our, you know, works with our physical chemistry to help people do what they really want to do. Our next question is, and I'm sure you've done this and explored this a little bit, but why do you do what you do? Mm, That's a good question. I have very low tolerance for human suffering. You know, I just... And I was like this as a kid. I was the child who would help the adults feel better about themselves. And then I went to college and I studied, I got a degree in religion, asking not because I was believing in God, but because I was asking these core questions, what are we as human beings? What is this universe? And how do we have a better experience here? So I've always been obsessed with how do we alleviate suffering? whether it's from metaphysical or political or scientific ways, I'm, 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 you know, an empath. I just feel other people's stuff really strongly. So it's not really a choice for me, but I need helping others is really central to my happiness. I, um, full disclosure, I tried acting. I live in LA. It's what we do. I'm from LA. And I, so I, I, I was doing that 25 years ago and I started coaching for a company in the entertainment industry as a hobby, just to take a vacation, like a break from the self-absorption of being a struggling actress hustling for jobs, just to like take a break and focus on helping other people was how I would nourish my soul. And I found very quickly that I was so much happier when I was focusing on helping other people get what they want. So I eventually, after a few years of that, I just, and I started getting a lot of work as an actor, which made me miserable. What a surprise. So that was the clue. I shouldn't be doing this, but I was so happy helping other people that I I honestly started asking people and I'm getting actors like TV series, writers, directors, they're having these breakthroughs. And, and I, I was really seriously thinking there must be some economic value to this. You know, I, I wonder if I can make a living at this. And that was back, you know, I made the decision to quit acting turned down some roles that I still regret (laughs) turning down and just started going to coaching schools, getting training and certification to know what to do when I didn't have answers and then eventually developed my own modality. 
I know from our conversations that you know you are you're a money coach, but you do far more than that. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if we, you could just give us a little bit of advice from your area of speciality. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to do with abundance or prosperity. Whatever you want. What, yeah, what, well, what would you like to teach us about today? Totally. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. I'm. I don't give any financial or money advice at all. Go to Sue Zorman or somebody for that. But <laughs> what I. I really specifically always try to qualify relationship with money, but we could also substitute love or success or life. Anything can fit in this model. So the first thing is if you've been trying really hard and doing everything you're supposed to be doing and applying yourself and you're not getting success and it doesn't make sense, you are protecting yourself from what you want. You are not a failure. You are actually very successful at protecting yourself from a threat and it's not an accident. So the first step is to find out why, why on this deep subconscious level, it's so urgent for you to repel money or love or health or whatever that area of conflict is. And so what I invite you to do, and I'll, I'll send you to a, a free resource for that later, is to investigate what the pain that is causing you to protect yourself from money. And the solution is never in the money story. It's like the money pain is the invitation. It's, it's the way life gets your attention, like a spiritual teacher. Look here, there's work to be done. And money is great that way because it gets your attention like nothing else. So what you're really looking at or any, anything that ever made you feel unloved, unworthy, or unsafe is going to show up in your money relationship. And coincidentally, it'll probably show up in all your other relationships in life, but we'll focus, we'll just pretend it's about money for now because it will have money results. And when you create enough pain, I'm going to just like whiz through the cliff notes of the process super quick. When you get enough pain, then I recommend you imagine it's a person because we can relate to people. It's more real than ideas and abstract concepts. And it's a really bad person who will destroy you and has been attempting to for a long time. So you want to get rid of it by any means necessary and then replace it with a person that has none of those qualities, that is all love, loves you, is worthy of your deepest admiration and trust, who you want to be with, even though it has nothing to do with money, and build on that relationship. And I called that new person money because that was the area of my life that needed my love the most. And now you have a partner who shares your values, who sees you at your best without your neuroses and your stories. And you can have a conversation about what to do next. You get to see the world through this money honey's eyes and all the possibility that is available to you instead of all those scary stories of your money monster. And that's, that's like the really quickest way that I can describe what I do. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really helpful. And I'm sure from hearing that I'm, I'm sure people are going to want to go a little bit deeper with that with you. So excellent. Good stuff. Just to wrap things up, we have a few questions that we ask everybody, and this is our Fuel Radio speed round. So I'm just wondering if you have a resource that inspires you, a recent book or a podcast or a video or just anything. What One thing that has recently inspired you? 
I'm gonna join the masses here, and I cried through just about every minute of Black Panther. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I just it was like the first truly racism and sexism free movie I think I've ever seen on a large scale and just like the vision of what's possible and to put it in such an entertaining package just moved me deeply. Excellent. I haven't seen it yet. I gotta, I have to, sounds like I need to see it. What's a business tool, an app, a piece of software? You mentioned this engagement tool that you mentioned earlier sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know if you want um, to share what that is or not, but. Uh, sure, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a platform called Finish Agent that was created by my friend Gina Hyatt. And she created it originally for grad students who were just weren't getting their dissertations done. Oh, yeah. And I've adapted it to my community, so I use it a little differently than she does. But I still, I love how much people get out of it. You know, I've really, I've gotten so many success stories out of it that I don't really, yeah, it just blows me away. Yeah, I have to look that up. That sounds good. And do you have an inspiring cause or nonprofit that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yes, the Unstoppable Foundation by Cynthia Kersey um, is so beautiful and does such good work, um, really uh, bringing education, clean water, medical care, just villages in countries around the world that are suffering from, you know, just economic hardship. Uh, she really has done her homework. Educating little girls is the number one thing you can do to bring a community out of poverty. And uh, I've been supporting it for many years, and I'm just a really big fan. So we'll include uh, links to all of these things in our show notes, and that sounds like a, an amazing cause. Uh, before we go, I know you're heading off to Bali, Bali, so you have an event coming up, and I'm wondering if you have anything else that you want to um, share with our listeners. All of my biggest breakthroughs have really come from inner shifts and intuition. I've taken hundreds of classes, gone to all these live events and, and, you know, I study everything that's out there. And I think it's really, really important to keep learning what's happening so that you can make choices. But the thing with Bali, which has been one of the best things that ever happened to my business really just came out of a a little quiet voice in the back of my head at the beginning of 2012 saying you have to go to, or no, 2011 saying you have to go to Asia this year. And I was like, what? And the voice was like, yeah. And so I went to Bali on a lark and that started a whole new chapter of my business. So I would, you know, just say, listen to your heart and do what you love or what you do will not be sustainable. And how can people get in touch with you? Do you have, you have a free tool or something that oh, you want to share with us today? I have gads and gads and gads of free tools. <laughs> go, oh. Pick one. Yeah, so go to MorganaRay.com. R-A-E is how you spell my last name and it's in the show notes. And start with my four-part money magnetic video series. It's, it's a nice one video a day gentle way to start to dive into my process of transforming money from a monster to a honey. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.